Welcome to the Playbook for Amazon podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Lieber, and the goal of this podcast is to share what's working today that's helping my company, Turnkey Product Management, sell over eight figures per year on Amazon for our clients. We will share with you the actionable steps, systems, and playbook that you can plug into your business to boost your sales on Amazon. Let's go. Hey guys, today we have a very special guest. It is Scott Volker who is the host of the Amazing Seller podcast and much more. And in this episode, we literally dove into so many good, valuable, actionable items that you'll be able to put into your business. We talked about how to get traffic to your Amazon page, how to get traffic to your website, how to use content and articles, even if you have a physical products brand, in order to drive traffic. He shared so many really, really great tips and strategies that I'm sure at least one of these things is missing from your business and if you added it it would really make a big difference so uh, it's one of the best episodes that we've ever done I think uh, I was really really happy with with you know, everything that he shared and I think you're gonna really enjoy it so please stay tuned and uh, get out some notes thanks so today our guest is a big name in the Amazon and e-commerce world you've probably heard of him his name is Scott Volker he is the host of the amazing seller podcast and much much more which I'm sure we'll get into Scott is someone I've actually been following for years and I really appreciate how honest and how transparent he is with how he communicates he literally shares every detail good and bad of what what he's working on and um, shares his progress and holds nothing back and um, Scott, it is an honor to have you on the show. Well, Jeff, I appreciate it. And uh, yeah, this is going to be fun. And uh, yeah, you and I have had a little bit of time to uh, to kind of get to know each other. But I think we'll dive a little bit deeper in this episode and kind of see where, where it takes us. But yeah, I'm excited to be here, man. So Scott, for those that don't know, take us before Amazon, before the big podcast. Mm -hmm. What you know, what were you doing in, in the business world that ended up leading you to the Amazon space and e-commerce? All right, I'll do a really quick version because there's a lot. I'm 47 years old, so it goes back a little ways. Um, I never went to college, so I think that should be first and foremost. I uh, graduated high school, tried to figure out what I was going to do, and then landed a job for my father's construction company and thought I was going to own that company one day. Um, so I learned brick and mortar very quickly. I learned about partnerships, uh, what I didn't like about partnerships because it was a bad partnership between my father and his partner. And it soon uh, was clear about eight years in of helping them build that business into a, at the time was a, um, was a seven figure brick and mortar business. And again, like I said, I thought I was working towards owning something. And then my wife and I sat down and said, this isn't going to be our future. I was young. I was only 27, 28 years old. We had a you know, a new kid, a couple kids at the time. And so um, we ended up starting a photography business. And there's a whole backstory on how that even happened. But just re really quickly, my wife and I had gotten our kids pictures taken. And we didn't like the experience. My wife had an interest in photography, but never went to school for photography. And then said, why don't we start a part time photography business? So we ended up um, doing that long story short, figured it out by reading books by trial and error. There was no digital photography at that time. It was all film base. And we built that into a, a, a pretty good company that we were able to then leave my construction working job at 18 months in. And then we built that business, another brick and mortar business locally uh, over six or seven years. And then I started to dabble with eBay, started dabbling with, uh, you know, other online platforms, uh, mainly eBay, and then started to started to sell basically photography templates for Photoshop. Um, and then from there, turn that into an online photography, digital, more or less teaching business 
and then built that into a membership site. We did that for uh, over seven years successfully, a uh, six figure business totally was awesome. And um, then discovered Amazon private labeling. And then I started dabbling in that. And that's where I really seen that there was a lot of potential here. But again, just documenting this story, I'm like, you know, maybe I've already taught people about you know, photography and starting their own business there. Maybe I should teach people what I'm learning here on e-commerce. And that's where the podcast became, had no idea what it was going to become of it. Almost never started the podcast, which is a whole nother story, story. but I did. And here we are five years later and a lot has changed in the e-commerce world and Amazon world. That's kind of where I am today. So that's kind of a, a really quick map of uh, what my life looked like for the past 20 plus years. Well done. So. In the transition to Amazon, did you just completely cold turkey, you know, leave the old stuff and start no. the new stuff? Or was it, were you kind of co-managing both? Are you still managing both? Yeah, no, I've still got that business. It's not a photography brick and mortar, but I still do have a digital photography, you know, business where we do sell templates and we sell downloads and uh, we still have that. Um, it's actually funny because I'm actually in the process of, of uh, making that a separate revenue stream, but um, that'll be for another another podcast episode, but yeah, that um, we basically were running the online digital photography side of things, which was doing really well. And then I started to see some traction on Amazon and it really validated it for me. I mean, I was selling stuff on eBay. Um, I had a video transfer business alongside my photography business. And I started building these transfer devices and selling them on eBay for like 900 bucks. And I sold over a hundred grand worth of those projectors in about a year. Uh, actually about 18 months. And then I discovered Amazon and started selling uh, just like they, they were, uh, you know, kind of like talking about back in the day, pick something that's got good numbers, look at the BSR, see what's selling, make a better version and sell it. Did that. We uh, ended up doing 300,000 our first year in revenue. And I was like, holy crap, I should probably pay attention to this. And that's kind of where it got my feet wet, but I never jumped ship on that other business. But then once the the podcast started to um, make some money. Then I started saying, well, maybe I should focus on that and the Amazon side. And it's kind of like you're able to build a business and then talk about it and teach it at the same time. So it's kind of like you're, you got a little bit of a, of a hybrid model there. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. So how did your prior entrepreneurship and you know lessons learned from all the different businesses and industries yeah. you've been in what do you think is something that you've been able to apply to your Amazon business management that you know most other people wouldn't have that that's helped you be successful? Well, I, I think that uh, number one is I've always went white hat, not black hat, gray hat. I've always stayed clean. Um, and the reason is, is because I've seen what can happen when you try to go the other the other way and you, you know, try to game the system, if you will. So I think by running an honest business and not trying to take shortcuts has really come back because it's really come full circle for, for me. Um, everything that, you know, that I did in the past, whether it's in the brick and mortar of building attention in a market, you know, um, giving the customer what they want, what they need, giving them good customer service and learning how to get people in the door that still is being used on the Amazon side. It's still being used in the brand building side that we're working on now. So, to me, it's all come full circle. Everything I've learned in the brick and mortar, then the online, then to where we are now, those core fundamental principles are the same. It's just channels have changed. Like that's basically it. Yep, 
So speaking of change, so obviously since you and I, we both got in around the same time yep. from the sounds of it around 2014 or so. Yep, exactly. So what advice, you know, now that we're heading into 2020 here, you know, what advice would you give for people that, you know, maybe are, are earlier on in the phase or they're thinking about getting into it? You know, I know there's some people out there that preach, yeah, just find the right products with the right criteria. But I know that I believe that you're big on building yeah. a brand as are as are we like what that's what we recommend to like be successful and sustainable for the long run. So do you want to talk about like where is that headed uh, on mm -hmm. Amazon and any commerce in general? Yeah, I think first and foremost, you know, Amazon is is an amazing channel. And I think we do. That is part of the brand build. OK, but I want to highlight that it's part of the brand build. It's not the entire business. Um, so many people are building an Amazon only business. And then what happens is either competition comes flooding in and then their sales tank. And then they hire someone like you to try to fix it and try to get them more attention. And then you might be like, I'm sorry, but there's so much pay-per-click. It's not even going to be affordable because you're not profitable. Um, so I, I think, um, you know, really as far as like, I don't look at Amazon as only the channel. And if anybody's listening and you said there's people that are making, you know, that are generating 500,000 up to $10 million. And I, I've got people right now um, that are either a student or a listener that are, are doing 5 million, 10 million. Um, and the thing is, is, is their rate where you and I are, where it's like, well, wait a minute, if Amazon cuts my channel off, what happens to that business? I got one story of a guy that he, he, he followed the, the whole formula of find a good product, you know, make it a little bit better and then launch it. And so he did, and he bought 500 units. He sold them out about uh, three months go by. He gets his inventory back. He gets a thousand units, sells them out. Then he's like, you know what? I'm going to roll the dice. I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to go all in. He bought 15,000 units, $60,000. And then when the shipment got landed in FBA, he got the little red notification up there in that little box and the little flag. And it said, I'm sorry, but your listing's been shut down because you're infringing on a patent. He had a patent infringement claim. So he's sitting on 60 grand of inventory. Now this guy was going to be doing, you know, probably a couple million dollars this year. Well, that channel is now cut off. Now he's trying to figure out a way to liquidate. He's trying to find a way to maybe alter the product. So it's not infringing the patent, but now there's all of this stuff and you got that inventory locked up. So, to, to what we were just kind of addressing, like the difference is Amazon is a channel, but if you're only building and focusing on that one channel, um, you're at risk. And so anyone listening, I would encourage you to at least diversify by going international if you haven't done that, right? Like do that at least, right? Take that same product and try to go internationally, Canada, uh, you know, the European markets, whatever. Um, but what I like to do and what I like to really encourage people to do is get your own traffic. I think you and I would agree. If you get your own traffic, you pretty much write your own ticket, right? Mm -hmm. Traffic is everything, the right traffic. And if I have that traffic coming to my website, to my blog content, to my YouTube channel, to whatever, I basically can direct them wherever I want. Um, so to me, I think the change is, could you have built a business and, and basically got all your sales through Amazon and made, you know, a seven figure, you know, uh, a business in 12 to 18 months? Yeah, you could. And you still could, but number one, it's going to take a lot of money to get there. Anyone will tell you it takes deep pockets to get to that level because you're going to have products that are going to fail and you have to liquidate them and then go on to a new product and try to roll that one out. So um, to answer your question, uh, I think the biggest thing for people is just not to think of Amazon as their business, but think of it as a channel, period. 
Yeah, I could not I could not agree more. Absolutely. So speaking of that, so I know that on your podcast you talk a lot about building your own online real estate and that mm -hmm. that helps diversify. So let's talk about some of those steps or what, yeah. what do you recommend for people that are like, oh, I just I'm not sure how or I haven't had the time, but mm -hmm. maybe break it down in simple terms for them. Yeah, yeah, and that's great. Uh, okay, I can't tell you either how many people have. I have people right now. I have a. Uh, um, it's a, it's an area that we, we call Brand Creators Academy. And what it basically is, is it's people building brands, right? I have seven figure sellers in there that only have a website that was done for brand registry. That's it. That's it. Okay. So it's just a shell of a website, right? And so the very first thing that I would do is I would first evaluate, okay, the products that you are selling, are they products or are they products serving a market? So are they, are they products that, let's just use an example. Let's say that you're selling in the guitar market. Let's say you're selling guitar straps, guitar stands, you know, picks, strings, whatever. That's a good market. So are you creating assets outside of Amazon that will lead people over to your website to show them how to play guitar, how to tune a guitar, um, how to clean a guitar, how to, you know, do all of those things. Because that's, to me, the other side that a lot of brands aren't doing. Um, if you look at some of these, I mean, look at Bulletproof. Bulletproof coffee is all about content. It's all about teaching you how to live better and have a better life and have the best performance and have the most focus. The product is just a support piece for the brand. So I would say anyone that is selling on Amazon right now, I want you to evaluate your products and see if, I know people that have products in like five different markets under one brand. Number one, how are you going to sell that? There's no investor that's going to buy, at least that I know of, um, you're not going to have an investor that's going to buy a brand that's just like a barrage of products that doesn't serve a market because it's like, well, you know, these are just products. They're not a business or a brand. Um, so I would say the very first step is to evaluate your market and see, can you create content that people are looking for, that are searching for, that you could start to either write articles or have them written create YouTube videos or just videos in general. Um, I would prefer YouTube because it, it's a search engine. Um, um, can, can you do that? Can you build an email list? And then can you communicate? And can you be front of mind in your market? So many people don't realize this either, Jeff. It's like people go to Amazon to buy stuff, which is great. But that's only a small part of the market that's ready to buy today. What about the 90% or 95% of people that aren't ready to buy, but are going to be ready to buy in six months? Wouldn't you want to be in front of those people for when they're ready to buy? I would. So to me, it's all about building the traffic assets and then figuring out ways to monetize. And there's, there's a, a bunch of different ways you can monetize versus just being on that one channel, whether that's taking those products and bringing them over on your own Shopify store, taking those products, putting them on eBay, um, or taking that traffic and turning it into affiliate revenue. Like so many people think their next product has to be their next revenue stream. But honestly, if you're not going to sell, let's say you're in the kayak bass fishing, you're not going to sell a kayak, but you're going to sell the pole, the bag, the net, all that stuff. Why not give like the top 10 kayaks of 2020 and do a blog post on it and get people coming over and then they can buy it through your affiliate link, a $1,700 kayak, and you can make 8% commission. I mean, why not, right? It's another revenue stream. So I think for people figuring out if the market lends itself to having content created that can bring in people that will potentially buy products. In a nutshell. Yeah, that's very, very well said. So I know that a lot of the clients and prospects that we've talked to, they'll say, okay, yeah, I can write a, I can write a blog, but mm -hmm. 
at the end of the day, they're not getting traffic to it. So, like, what are the best tips that you have hmm. to, to drive traffic to it? Is it because you need to be an expert in SEO and all this stuff? Or, like, what are the basic ways to, you know, even drive traffic? Yeah, no, it's a great, great question. Uh, well, first off, you know, you definitely want to do a little bit of research. But it really comes down to, so like, again, so many people want to put out a piece of content and have traffic there tomorrow. Like, that's just not realistic. It's not going to happen. Um, typically you're going to see traffic from a piece of content. Uh, generally, I allow four to six months, to be honest with you. Now, to speed up and amplify that process, what we do is we build an email list and then we drive traffic to the blog post and then that'll send a signal to Amazon, or I'm sorry, Google or Yahoo or Bing that this content is being shared, it's being you know liked, it's being pinned, all of these different social signals. Um, so an email list can amplify that that content and speed up that process. And then once the content starts to get indexed, then we can see that traffic. But honestly, the way I look at it is in the very beginning, I'm not looking so much at, okay, I'm going to create this one piece of content and it's going to bring me floods of traffic. It's like, how can I create 52 pieces of content, one per week over the next year that will set seeds that will plant and then that'll, they'll start bringing in some traffic and some are going to bring in more than others, but that's the way to kind of get in that rhythm. So this way here, we can get that content out there and then start getting some of that traffic. I would also go, go after the long tail. You know, I would go after, you know, how to play guitar or how to play acoustic guitar six string. Like I'd go after that post versus like how to play guitar. Right. So you want to, you want to do a little bit of, of research. You can use Google, do the autofill, see what the common questions are being. And a lot of people will say, okay, but don't I want like thousands of searches? Not necessarily. I mean, you can look, it's going to be a guesstimate anyway. It's just like, if you look at any type of tool for Amazon, they're not exact numbers. They're going to be close or maybe you know, rough. But the way I look at it is if my market needs to know that, then I'm going to create five posts about how to play an acoustic guitar. Scales. Um, you know, I'm going to show them how to do a picking exercise. Uh, you know, I'm going to show them how to play certain songs or whatever, right? Like those, I know that my market's going to want and need anyway. So I'm going to create it regardless if, if I think it's going to get traffic. Does it make sense? Yeah, that makes perfect sense. You know, I'm, I'm making, a, I'm making a, a resource that if someone asked me a question, I'd be like, here's the quick answer, but go here and it will give all the details. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, heck, if you have a, my, my, my son who's 21, he basically coaches basketball. He's going to school for a PE teacher um, and he wants to coach. He's actually coaching seventh grade basketball right now. Um, and he trains, he does Vert Vertimax. So Vertimax, you ever heard of Vertimax? No. Okay. Well, Vertimax is a vertical jumping machine. So basically it's a machine that you get on. It's got these rubber bands onto it, these heavy duty rubber bands, and you literally will just jump and you'll mm -hmm. do, and then you'll run out and you'll get like explosiveness. Right. And so by doing all of this stuff, you're increasing the vertical jump right? Because you're getting the strength, you're strengthening your legs, you know, all this stuff. I mean, professional basketball players are using it. Uh, volleyball players are using it. So he's got a little side business that he's doing this in. So what I told him to do is exactly what I would tell anyone to do is if your clients are going to need to know these five exercises in order to jump higher, why not create some resources on your website? So while you're not training them, you can just direct them over there. So I didn't look at Google to see if they had great search. I just know that my clients need to know this or my customers may need to know this. So why not create, it? Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? So yeah. I, I look at it like you're creating a resource. And if you think about it that way, you take the stress and the pressure off of like, Oh, I got to build this traffic like overnight. Right. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. So we're just building a resource, a solid resource, just like you've done, just like I've done. My podcast, you just said 780 some episodes, right? Some of that's, I, I don't look at the numbers to see what's going to get the best downloads. I mean, I'll look at some past ones and go, oh, people really like to hear about that because now I've got the data. But in the beginning, I'm just kind of like, I'm just going to put out content that I want to know about and that I want to get you know more knowledge on. Mm-hmm. But I'm not looking necessarily to make sure that all the SEO metrics are perfect. Now, do you still use basic SEO stuff? Yes. There's a plugin for WordPress called Yoast. And basically, it gives you a checklist. like, And it'll tell you what you don't have and what you should have. And then you just follow the checklist. You know what I mean? It's it's pretty basic. And if you're going after the long tail keywords, you don't have to be as, I guess, SEO, like, uh, you know, like an expert. You, you can just put something together, follow the rules of, of what makes a good post that lets Google know what it's about. And then if you have an email list, send people to it so you can get some engagement on it. And then just rinse and repeat. Do it 52 times next year, you know, or this year. And then uh, you have those those 52 pieces of content. Nice. So it's really just don't worry about, you know, will this one article I'm making going to make me money? It's like just put out useful content for whoever your audience is and do it regularly. Try to do the basics of SEO, but really just try to just get it out there consistently. And it will happen over time. 100%. Like consistency, that's the key word right there, right? So uh, uh, another example would be like, okay, I started the podcast and I basically just said, I'm going to, I'm going to give this thing 25 episodes. That, that was my thing. And I'm like, and I'm going to see, you know, what the audience says and what the downloads say and what the emails say. I didn't think about how I was going to monetize it. I didn't think about how I was going to get more traffic. I just said, I'm going to go ahead and do that. But so many people get hung up on the, well, if I do all this and it doesn't work or, oh, I'm going to do three posts and sit on them and let's see what happens. Like you, you and I know if you don't go to the gym regularly, you're not going to get shape. Right. It's like, it's the same principle, you know, you got to put in the work and you got to commit to it. And that's why I like to have a schedule. I post three times a week, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Like that's my posting schedule for the podcast. Um, but for our blog content that we do, like on other brands that we work in, it's generally two, two posts a week. But if you can do one post a week consistently for a year, man, let me just tell you, you'll, you'll, you'll have some good numbers. A a quick story. One of my listeners was like, Scott, I hear you talking about all this content and stuff. And I'm not really sure I want to go and launch a product yet. I want to go out there. I just want to, I want to build like some traffic. And this was about a year and a half, two years ago now. And so he emailed me about a year later and said, I got to share this story with you. I, I followed what you were saying. And what I ended up doing, I was interested in distilling alcohol. Okay. Kind of like homebrew. And he's like, I want to learn about it. So he's like, so what I decided to do is I was going to take your little challenge and basically do 52 pieces of content. Every week, I'm going to document what I'm learning and what I'm doing, what I'm learning and what I'm doing. And he goes, if I have 500 subscribers at the end of the year, I'll be happy. And we'll see what happens. He had 16,500 subscribers. He was making $1,200 just on ads, affiliate stuff. And actually, a, um, it's kind of like a donation uh, uh, platform that allows you to donate. Now, about... Eight months after I interviewed him back on my show, he's over 45,000 subscribers and it's just growing. The opportunities are growing. He's getting sponsorship deals. Like there's all of this stuff that's happening and he doesn't even have his own physical product yet. (sighs) Right? Like imagine what he does now when he launches his own set of whatever devices to distill alcohol if he wants to, or, you know, all of that stuff. So, so much can happen when you have the traffic. And that's why I really lean on people to get, just figure out the way to get the traffic 
But if you're listening, you already have products, then you're a little ahead of the game. You got products. Now let's start building the traffic. Yeah, that's really, really encouraging for a lot of people and for me too, because we put out a lot of content. Sometimes, you know, you feel, wow, should I be doing this much? Like I'm spending yeah. a lot of time on it, but you know, you just kind of do too. it over time. Yeah, I'm guilty too. Great. Well, thank you for sharing that. So let's jump back to Amazon for just a sec. So what is a strategy that's working for you in your Amazon brands right now that mm -hmm. like is a tangible, um, something that someone could implement in their Amazon mm -hmm. business to grow their sales or get reviews yep. or something that's working right now? Yeah, the thing that's working right now is taking that email list that I talk about and giving people a reason to buy now. So this doesn't work if you just build the email list to sell. Okay, it's not gonna work, okay? But what will work is, let's say, for example, um, and we did this leading up to fourth quarter. We were like, you know what? We're going to really, we're going to do pre-sales. We're going to get sales coming in before Black Friday. So when people are on Black Friday, we're going to show up, right? So we're going to spike the algorithm with sales. Right now, I'm running basically all the sales through Amazon. And you might say, well, Scott, why are you doing that? Because right now I'm in good terms with Amazon. And if I keep sending sales there, my rank's going to stay high. My reviews are going to continue to grow. Now, until Amazon says, hey, sorry, you know, you're, you know, you're uh, no good to us anymore. We're going to, you know, we've had these complaints or, you know, your reviews are too, too um, you know, your negative reviews or your refunds are too high or whatever. If that happens, then I can redirect that traffic. Um, but what's really working is, is building an email list of people that are in your market. Okay. And, and not just customers, just people that are in your market. And then after you've nurtured that list, meaning if you've sent them out valuable content and, and, and you know, maybe just the, maybe you don't even have your own content right now. Maybe you found a YouTube video that's in your market of someone like tuning a guitar and you're like, I really found this useful. Here it is. Bye. Have a great weekend. Right. It's building that relationship. But then here's when it gets really exciting. So let's say, for example, I'm like, you know what? We're going to run a three day promotion. Okay. And this is very, very important. So you figure out the promotion. You let your list know a couple days before the promotion is going to go live. A lot of people will be like, I'm going to send an email today and tell them that my promotion went live. No, you want to let them know. You want to prep them. Okay. You want to prep them, get a, give them an idea. We're doing something this weekend. Um, it's going to start on Friday. We're going to celebrate over the weekend. Um, we're going to celebrate Scott's birthday or whatever. I just want to celebrate. And I want to give you guys a, a, a deal this weekend. It's what we're calling our birthday flash sale, right? So we give them a reason why we're doing it. We tell them what we're doing. And then we say, be ready on Friday. We're going to go ahead and we're going to either lower the price or we're going to give a coupon, whatever, right? So then we send that email out there. We prep them. Now on Friday, we email them and we say, hey, like I told you, if you missed the email on Monday or Wednesday or whenever, um, we're live. We have our, our flash sale going on right now and you can go grab it. Here's the link. If you have any questions, let us know, right? That's it. Now, the key here is most people would stop there. No, I'm going to email them again. On Saturday, hey, Scott again, just wanted to check in with you. Make sure you got the email yesterday, but we are running this flash sale. Here's why, blah, 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 right? Just tell them the same stuff that I just told them in the email before. And then I let them know, oh, by the way, this flash sale ends tomorrow night at 10 p.m. Eastern time, whatever, right? Then guess what? Sunday, we send another email and we say, hey, hate to bug you on a Sunday. I usually don't email this month much, but... As you know, we're running a special and it expires tonight at midnight, right? Or 10 o'clock, whatever. So that's, that's working really well, 
Okay. Now that works, that works well in anything that I've ever done. Amazon, eBay, uh, my digital products business, like whatever. If you have a reason why you're running something and then you follow up with emails, reminding them of the thing, and then you remind them that it's going to expire, you will get sales. It's literally that simple. Yeah. I think it works in any market, even off Amazon selling anything, you know, mm -hmm. just that Ryan Moran promotes a very similar type model. He's very good mm -hmm. at, at emails yep. as well. And he does a similar thing. And, and so, yeah, we do that with our clients too. Our most successful clients are the ones that have what you're talking about, external yeah. assets, an audience, an email list, something. Mm -hmm. And then we, we reference it as let's direct the fire hose towards Amazon when we right. need to but you guys can also change the fire hose back to Shopify or whatever you need to do. Or if you start hating Amazon in a year, right. like you said, just direct it back to your, your website. But that's why, mm. you know, as you say, traffic is currency, right? Like you want to control 100%. the traffic and then you will control your own destiny. Yeah. One little tip here too, for anyone that is using links on their website or even in an email that's linking them over to um, Amazon, um, what you want to do is make sure that you use what we call a pretty link. And the, what a pretty link basically is, um, is it's just a shorter URL in a sense that you can redirect later. So for example, mine might be um, theamazingseller.com forward slash 788. That's episode 788, right? Like I would give people that. But here's the thing. If I do that with my Amazon product, let's say I put a blog post up and, uh, or maybe I do 10 mentions of this product and it all goes to Amazon. 10 different places all over the place, even in my emails. And let's say someone goes back and tries to click on that link, but Amazon took my privileges away and I can't sell. I can literally with one, like one little, uh, you know, edit, edit that link, hit save. Now all that traffic is going to go over to my Shopify store or over to whatever platform I'm pushing to then. So that's just one little tip that I would definitely say if anyone is running um, any, any um, links over to Amazon, make sure you don't use the Amazon link, use your pretty link. Gotcha. Yeah, really, really good advice. Yeah. Um, love that. So I have to ask, so from the outside, Scott, I mean, it mm -hmm. looks like you manage so many businesses. You still have your old photography business in some way. You've got the podcast and then you've got, you know, the, the brand creators, you got so much stuff going on and then all these brands and products that you're helping manage. So how do you manage it all? Like, how do you allocate your time? And I know you're so big on taking action, but I mean, how, you got to take a break sometimes. Like how do you decide what to take action on and manage all that stuff? Yeah, it's a great question. And actually this last year really put that into perspective for me because I'm all about time with family, never missing any of that stuff. I actually just got back this past weekend from a volleyball tourno tournament with my daughter in Myrtle Beach. She's 12 and we were gone Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday and got home Tuesday. Um, so, and that's very, very important to me. Last year, uh, really put it back into perspective. Every, I think every once in a while you get a little slap in the face. It's like, hey, what are you doing this for? Like, why are you doing so much? You don't have to. You know what I mean? Like I'm not about building a um, $100 million company. That's just not my style. I don't want employees. I want VAs. Um, so I'm very, I'm, I'm a much about um, keeping things simple. And this last year, you're right. I did a lot. The podcast never skipped a beat. I did my first ever live event in Texas. We had 250 people at an event called Brand Accelerator Live. Um, which was awesome. And we're going to do it again. And then we just rolled out Brand Creators Academy, which is a, it's an academy where we, we teach people how to build brands and, and the support 
aspect of it. But last year, I also wrote a book called The Take Action Effect. That was a 12-month run, right? Like I had to take care of that. I also had an inner circle where people came in. There was 10 people that came in and paid uh, a lot of money to be part of this group. So it was a lot of responsibility there on, on my shoulders. So this past year, um, to be honest with you, and, and, and the Amazon side of things and the brands and stuff that we're building and, and all that stuff, I actually said, you know what, Scott, I'm going to simplify. I'm going to focus on just a few areas and I'm going to say no to a few or I'm going to sell off a few. Um, we're actually in the process of going through a possible sale of one of the brands and I'll be reporting on that. I'm actually uh, going through uh, my buddy Joe Valley and Quiet Light Brokerage and good friends of ours. But, um, but yeah, so to answer your question, I'm actually, uh, re I reorganized what I'm doing moving forward. And I think that's really what it comes down to. What are you focusing on that really, number one, is going to take you to where you want to go? Like, why are you doing it? Are you doing it because you want to build a business in three years and then sell it? That's fine. What's that number? What's it going to take to get there and focus on that? But for me, it's about how do I reach more people? That's the podcast, right? How do I bring in consistent revenue that doesn't rely on the amazing seller? Just bought it. Oh, that was the other thing. Airbnb last year. I did a lake property Airbnb that we, we remodeled and spent six months doing all that. That was crazy. So that was another thing that I had on my plate. So how do I do more of the, of the stuff that doesn't rely on me? And I think the answer is prioritize. You, you got to figure out what you truly want. What is your why? Why are you doing it? And also not comparing yourself to others. Because I could compare myself to other people in our space and say, oh, well, they're doing that and they're doing this and now they're doing this and now they're doing that. I don't even honestly pay attention anymore. It's just like, Scott's doing his lane. Like, that's it. And I'm going to stay there and, and do what makes me happy and, and be around people that I want to be around and helping the people that I want to be around. So yeah, so, so to answer your question, it's prioritizing. And this last year really did put it into perspective for me because it was a pretty stressful year. There was a lot going on. I'm stressed just listening to that whole thing. Oh my gosh. Dude. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Crazy. Well, yeah. good for you. So what yeah. has helped you to step out of like the day-to-day -day operations of some mm -hmm. of those things that were taking mm -hmm. up a lot of your time? Like, was it, you know, team or delegation or yeah. what did you do? Yeah, it's actually, uh, it, it is leaning on people that are in, um, that are in your world. I think. Um, but also, which could be, which could be, I guess, a, a bad thing for you is if you bring in people that want to go further than you, right? Like there's people that you might bring in your circle that are all, you know, gung ho and you want to do the, but then almost it makes you have less focus. So I would just be very careful on thinking that you have to have a huge team because I don't necessarily think that you have to. In your case, you run an agency. So if someone's listening and they're like, I don't like all the day-to-day -day operations hire someone like Jeff, right? Like it's that simple. Like I am big on hiring out and delegating tasks, but really not just bringing someone in that can do a bunch of different things. I think hiring specific tasks or for spe specific, you know, channels. So like for you, it's like everything Amazon. All right, cool. Let's get it all in there. Let them handle it. Right. So I'm big on that. And um, I think that yes, coming this year too, I'm even going to make that even leaner in a sense to where, it's just going to be very simple. And I think that's going to make me feel a little bit more like I can breathe and also that I don't have to constantly be pushing. I, I actually made the decision to not have any more courses. So I don't have any courses out there for sale right now. You can't go buy a course. And basically the only thing that I'm doing is Brand Creators Academy. And that only opens a few times a year. And what that does is it frees me up from having to, be, I have to promote something. I don't have to promote anything. I promote when it's open. When it's closed, I don't promote it anymore. And so 
yeah, so I don't know if I answered your question there, but it's really just about getting perspective. And then yes, having people that can do specific tasks, definitely have those people do those tasks because they're probably going to be better at you too. And it's going to make you feel a lot, uh, just a lot better and you can breathe in your business. Yeah, I think we can all learn from that. So yeah. thanks for sharing that. Yeah. Cool. Well, I think that's a great note to end on. And I think you shared a ton of nuggets that uh, people can apply to their business. That's for sure. I know I will. Um, so yeah, Scott, where can people find you online? Tell people a little bit about what you got going on. Yeah, I, I would say uh, if anyone is interested in hearing the entire story, definitely go check out TakeActionEffect.com. That's the book that I wrote. It's a labor of love. Um, about half of the book is uh, really about getting out of your own way and figuring out what that path is for you and then really getting yourself to be an action taker and really identifying what those moments are that can really take you to the next level and then really building out that brand. Um, so takeactioneffect.com. The audio book just came out, by the way. So um, people can check that out. I, it was fun doing that. I actually did it in San Diego. I know you're from San Diego and we did it in the studio there and it was really cool because I was able to go off script and, and kind of share some stuff that I didn't share in the book. So I would check that out. And then just the podcast. Yeah, go over to the podcast and you can check it out. You go to iTunes, uh, whatever, Stitcher, Spotify. It's on all the major ones, um, just the amazing seller. And uh, yeah, let me know if you have any questions. I'd be more than happy to help. And yeah, that's basically what I got. All right, well, I highly recommend you check out all that stuff, guys. Thank you so much for coming on, Scott. It was a pleasure and honor to have you. Thanks, Jeff, I appreciate it. All right, so I hope that you guys enjoyed that episode. Scott shared so much valuable info and insights with us about how to make content, how to write articles. So I want you to really think back, you know, all those different things. I'm sure there's one or two pieces that he talked about, great strategies or ideas that are not being implemented in your business. And then think about which ones do you want to put into action this year? Because honestly, a lot of that stuff he's talking about will set you up for success in the long term. So I just want to thank Scott again, uh, Scott Volker from the Amazing Seller Podcast. Highly recommend that you check it out. And we'll put links to everything that he talked about uh, in the episode. So thank you for listening to that and thanks for coming on. And then lastly, a lot of the stuff that Scott preaches and talks about, I mean, that's where we see our, our most ideal, our best performing clients are doing the things that Scott's talking about. So if you want to be building those you know, brand building things, building your audience, building traffic. If you're doing those things or you want to have the time to do those things, that's why our most successful clients at Turnkey are the ones that, you know, want us to help manage or teach them how to manage the Amazon channel so that they can optimize that, spend less time on Amazon, and then start building that off Amazon stuff that builds a sustainable, sellable business. And so, uh, that's why I just loved everything that he was talking about. So if you do need help in the Amazon space in any way, make sure you head over to turnkeyproductmanagement.com and contact us, get a hold of us, and we will you know, take a look at your business and see if there's a way that we can help. So again, thank you to Scott Volker for coming on and hope you enjoyed the episode. Thanks. Thanks.